Children's Church. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you go to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, and you can turn me down just a hair somewhere. Amen. Joshua chapter 5, as we continue in our sermon series from the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 5, and if you start, we're going to look at verse 13, and we'll read all the way through to the sixth chapter in the second verse. The Bible says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Verse number 1, chapter 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. Nobody went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. We want to use as a title this morning, The encounter of the commanders. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to us through your word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Let your word nourish and edify, make us strong, ignite our faith, and teach our minds in Jesus' name. And everyone said, again, we're in a sermon series from the book of Joshua. And within the sacred stories that we find in this book, there are insights. There are instruction, there are inspirations for our faith, there's important lessons for uh, help us claim our inheritance, our spiritual inheritance in the Lord. And this particular story shows us the importance of meeting privately with the Lord, how our private encounters prepare us and position us for public battles and public ministry and public assignments and duty. This story takes place before the Battle of Jericho. It's on the eve of Israel's attack of that city, and Joshua is personally out surveying the surrounding area around Jericho. Again, our private times with the Lord are vitally important for our spiritual success and victory. They prepare us and they position us to triumph in God. On the other hand, a lack of preparation or when we allow our attitudes, our understanding, our faith, um, our relationships to get out of position, opportunities are missed, promotions are lost, and attempts for advancement fall short. I believe it was Coach Bobby Knight that one time said, it's not hard to find people who have the will to win, but it's extremely difficult to find people who have the will to prepare to win. So it's before Jericho. Um, Joshua has big shoes to fill. He's following in the steps of Moses. It's a big battle to fight, the biggest one he's ever led up to this point in his life. And he has an entire nation to lead. He goes out to scout out the area on that eve, and he has an encounter with God that prepares him for that battle and for every other battle that he'd ever fight. Joshua discovers four things in this private encounter with Jesus. Four things that he needed to know and four things God wants us to know before the battle. 
even begins. Number one, Joshua discovered he wasn't alone. He discovered he wasn't alone. Verse 13 says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up and asked him, are you for us or for our enemies? Number one, Joshua discovers he wasn't alone. And guess what? Either are you. When you belong to Jesus, when you know your steps are being ordered by the Lord, you never need to wonder, where is God or what is He doing? The fact is, He goes before you. The fact is, He's already working out His good plan for you. The fact is, He stands by your side, whether you're at home on the job, the courthouse or the in-law's house, whether you're in a familiar place or a place you've never been this way before, the Lord is with you. The Lord goes for you. You need not Fear, wonder, or tread, but know that you know you're not alone. Jesus is on your side. I like the way the psalmist said it. Psalm 16 and verse 8, he says, I have set the Lord always before me. I put God first place in my life. I seek first the kingdom. I've set the Lord always before me. Therefore, He's at my right hand. He is my advocate. He is my defender. He is my protector. I shall not be moved or shaken by whatever comes my way, I don't stand alone. I stand with the invincible, almighty, and the living God. Can you say amen? Now, it had to be a great encouragement to Joshua to realize that, again, he wasn't alone. He's going out by himself to spy out the land. Joshua um, looks at Jericho. It's impregnable. No one can conquer those massive walls. And he's out there thinking, meditating, praying. How can we overcome this? What's the strategy for this? And he realizes he's not alone. And that's important because there's loneliness in leadership. There's loneliness in leadership. Whether you're the, the parent or the boss, or there are pressures that come with decisions and deadlines. There are the unexpected and unforeseen things that come, but you have to handle them and deal with them. There are the expectations of people. Some are fair and some are not. There are setbacks and there are criticisms. But God had promised to be with Joshua always, just like he's promised, to never leave us nor forsake us. And Joshua experiences the reality of that promise. What was that promise? The very first chapter, one of the most beautiful verses to memorize, Joshua 1 and 9. God says, but only be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua is experiencing the reality in our private times with God. When we meet privately with the Lord, we recognize and we are reassured that He's with us, that He has a good word for us, that He's reigning over our circumstances, and He's working out His good plan for our lives. It's in that private time with the Lord that we are reminded and reassured that He's not a God far away just out there observing, but He is the one that is drawn near. He is the one that now abides forevermore. He is the one that escorts us every step of the way and communes with us constantly and forever. Blessed be His name. Number one, Joshua discovers what we need to discover. Whether I feel it or not, whether I can perceive it in the natural or not, I'm never alone. He is with me. He is for me. Blessed be His name. Number two, Joshua discovers... He's second in command, and that's a good thing. Look at verse 14. After Joshua says, are you for us or enemies? The reply is neither. 
But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, and he asked, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Joshua discovers he's second in command, and that's a good thing. When Joshua discovered this soldier was the Lord, he fell at his feet and he worshipped. He waited to receive his orders. Commander, meet your commander. Joshua's public victories were preceded by his private encounters with the Lord, where there's a fresh surrender, where there's a reception of instruction, where there's an encouragement of the heart. But not just Joshua. Go throughout the Word of God. And there's the Moses, and there's David, and there's Abraham. You're going to look at Peter. Go all the way to the Lord Jesus. All these men and women of faith. Their public victories came because they had private times that they met with God. Their faith was refreshed in the presence of God. They received the instruction and the guidance of God. And that made all the difference. What happens in private will determine what happens in public. Joshua was reminded here that he's just second in command. And friends, that goes for every one of us. You could be a parent or a pastor. You could be the principal or the CEO. You're the manager. You're the officer. You're the owner. But if you're a child of God, then really, you're just second in command. If you're a Christian, then Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He is our Master and He is our King. He's not just a guest. He's not just a consultant, a life coach, or some kind of co-pilot that we go with. Paul, the great apostle, said it so well. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You are not your own. You've been bought with the price. When a man or woman forgets the truth that we're second in command, like Joshua, like Abraham, like David, like Peter, we start to move towards defeat and frustration and failure and disappointment. In fact, the two notable defeats that we see in the book of Joshua took place because they forgot they were just second in command. But when we recognize That the Lord is our God and our King. We see that the Lord came that day to Joshua, not just to help him, but to lead him. He wants to lead your life. He wants to govern your life. The prophetic word said some are in confusion, but you don't have to be in confusion. If you'll position yourself properly, that the Lord might lift you up. If you'll come to the place of surrender where you're led by His Word and you stand in His presence, He'll lead you. He'll take away the confusion. He'll take away the discouragement. He's got victory in store for His beloved. But we position ourselves by seeking Him first, coming under His yoke and abiding and walking according to his word. Joshua was an experienced soldier. Joshua was trained under Moses, but he still needed to follow the directions of his commander. Jesus said, John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. You see, verse 14, that last part, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Everybody wants a word from God. Here's a word, God is holy, and we're second in command. How about that one? Amen? You can take a lot of the frustration out of your Christian experience if you learn to seek Him first, to come under His yoke, to recognize He's not our bellhop, He's not our servant that we tell to do this and that, but we're the servants that bow low and say, Lord, what would you have for your servant to do? And in that, you'll find rest and peace for your soul. 
I can hear the Lord saying to Joshua, Joshua, here's the word. Joshua said, whose side are you on? Well, Joshua, listen, I haven't come to take part. I've come to take over. Can you say amen? When Jesus comes into your life, he doesn't come to take part. He comes to take over. He comes to be Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's of greatest importance that as a Christian, now the carnal, you're going to be bothered by this. So I'll just tell you ahead of time, but that's all right. Carnal, bothered by a lot of things when you open up the book. Amen. But now if you're not, get ready to get blessed. Get ready to get set free. Get ready for the burden to roll off your back. Now, it's of greatest importance that as a Christian, we remember we're just second in command. But that's a good thing. Tell your neighbor that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a blessed thing. You see, the greatest source of peace, of joy, of comfort, of power, of rest, the greatest assurance of victory, of security, of significance, now and forevermore, comes from knowing We belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he holds us in the hollow of his hand, that he surrounds us like a mighty shield, that he keeps us from falling, that he supplies all of our needs. Listen, I'm just second in command, but that's all right. As long as Jesus is in control, that's a good thing. That's a comforting thing. Hey, that's a liberating thing. Let that stress break. You're just second in command, and your commander is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let that frustration Let it just wade off you. Let it wash off you. The Lord is going to bring you safely through. He that began a good work in you, He's going to complete it. So rest in His love. Put your confidence in His power. Recognize, hey, being second in command is a good thing. His Lord is Jesus is your Lord. Oh, it's a good thing for His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And in that, we find rest for our souls. I belong. To a good God. And that good God has good plans. And we freely, yes, 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 we freely, unashamedly bow down before the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that He gives us good paths to walk in. Good promises to possess. Good commandments to obey. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. That's the psalmist's cry. That was his declaration and celebration. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Some of you tasted things that have ruined your life. You tasted things that have tarnished your life. We've all tasted things that brought us up. Oh, when you taste of the goodness of the Lord, you declare He is good. His mercies, they are good. His faithfulness, oh man, that's really, really good. His forgiveness is good. And His loving kindness that endureth forever is so good. Second in command. That means it's not all up to me. The weight doesn't have to be carried on my shoulders. I've got a burden bearer. His name is Jesus. The decisions don't have to come from my limited understanding. I know the wonderful counselor. The strength to deal and to persevere and to endure all this doesn't have to find its source from my, my easily wearied resources. No, no, no. The burdens and the battles, they go to the Lord. 
I like how the psalmist said, Psalm 55 and 22, it was David. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. It means he'll keep you up. He'll lift you up. He'll give you the strength to stand and keep on standing. He'll never allow the righteous to be moved or shaken or bowed down. But give the burden to God. You're just second in command. Give it to the commander in chief. Give it to the captain of your salvation. We can cast our burden and we can trust him with the battle. I love old King Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 15. He's surrounded. He has three enemy armies aligned against him. He didn't even know what was going on. It's a sneak attack but he sought the Lord. Called the whole family and seeking the face of God and the prophetic voice stands forth. Oh Jehoshaphat listen all of you in Judah, Jerusalem Durant and Plant City thus saith the Lord. You don't have to be afraid or dismayed by the multitude, by the problem, by the overwhelming situation that's trying to consume you. For the battle is not your battle, but the battle is God's battle. Oh, hallelujah. Did I tell you, it's a good thing to be second in command. It's a liberating thing to be second in command. I can give it to Jesus and walk in the peace of God. I can entrust it to His care and celebrate the victory I know he has already wrought. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. I speak to the single parent or the lonely widow, to the decision maker that's not sure what to do, to those that are facing a bad report that you never dreamed would knock on your door. To those whose jobs are under fire. And there's pressure on the home front. Feel like you're being stretched by circumstances beyond your control. If you are a child of God, rest your weary soul on the mighty shoulders of your Savior and your King. You're in good hands. And I don't mean all state or state farm. I mean the captain of your salvation who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I'll never fail you. Trust in the Lord. Can you say amen? See, Joshua learned that he was second in command and he fell face down. We must all fall face down. That's the problem. We struggle. We get frustrated. And if we're honest, it's often because we haven't given that surrender that we need to give to God. He fell face down. We said earlier that our private times position us for public victories. And many times, as the prophetic word was bringing forth, there, there's confusion, there's frustration, and there's difficulty. But, but God says, if we'll position ourselves properly... He can move in our lives willingly and do His good work in us. The Bible says over and over, humble yourself. Position yourself under the mighty hand of God and He'll exalt you. I prepare and position myself in that private time. When I make that fresh surrender to the Lord, I receive His Word and obey it. I receive the reminder that He's with me and He strengthens me and I walk in it. Joshua learns. He's second in command. His response, all of our responses, he falls face down. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. 
that He might exalt you in due season. Putting Jesus first and submitting to Him. That positions us, that prepares us. It's recognizing He is the sovereign. We are the subordinates. But in that, there is rest. There is peace. There is direction. There is provision. There is the assurance of our salvation. Things in our lives begin to fall in place when we position ourselves like Joshua and fall at the feet of our commander and king. Some people come and they say a sinner's prayer because who doesn't want their sins forgiven? But they, they, they lack the real surrendering to Jesus being Lord. And so there's always a frustration in their life. They're, 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 trying, they're, they're, they're in the snow country with bald tires. They're doing a lot of spinning. They're doing a lot of trying, but they can't get any grip. They can't get anywhere. Why can't we get? Because you're out of position. Where am I your position? Bow low. Bow low. He says, if you come under my yoke, that's where you find rest for your souls. But until you come under in that place of submission, you won't find the rest that he desires to give and that he wants to give. We frustrate ourselves by not aligning ourselves with the one that wants to bless and wants to lead and wants to hallelujah. I had a professor in school, Dr. Fount Schultz, brilliant man, theologically brilliant man. I mean, he would, he was fluent. He'd read and write the Greek, the Hebrew. His, his writings were read all over the world by various people. And um, so we ran into each other a few years when I was out of school and I pastored about an hour or so from the college he was teaching at. We hooked up for lunch. So I had to call him. And again, very deep man. But I got his answer machine. I'll never forget his answer machine. Went something like this. God is having a good day. Do you want to have a good day? Then join him in his day. God bless Dr. Fount. I thought of that for a minute. I said, man, that's, that sounds like him. He's crazy sometimes. I said, man. You know what? Join him in his day. I said, Lord, how guilty am I? Lord, join me in my day. God says, why don't you join me in my day? And I thought about it. He's not worried about what's coming. He's not stressed out about what lies ahead. His day. He's he's not without resources to deal with the present challenge and need. I learned. If I'm going to be second in command, join him in his day. Make this, but that's a good thing. It's a burden release thing. It's a greatly comforting thing. Have you ever been around people that are really competent in any field? And it's so beautiful just to hand it off to them and say it's all yours and you don't think a thing about it. At peace, they do a great job. You get a lot of credit. You know what I mean. You try to share around a little bit. But, but on the other hand, have you ever had to hand something off because you didn't have any other choice and you knew the person was kind of good days and bad days? You didn't sleep that well then, did you? You had to double check their work. You had a there's something about recognizing I'm just second in command and that's a good thing because Jesus is going to take care of me. I can cast the burden. I can roll the care. I can trust his promise, and I can walk in his victory. Joshua discovered, number one, he he wasn't alone, and neither are you. Joshua discovered, secondly, that he was second in command, and that's a good thing. Joshua discovered, verse 15, he was on holy ground. 
Let's look at this together. Verse 15. After Joshua says, what message does my Lord have? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. I believe from that night on, every time he took off his shoes, he'd be reminded that he was a servant of a holy God. The Lord's first order to Joshua revealed to him that he was standing on holy ground. Now, this is very similar to Moses in the burning bush. We look at that, Exodus 3 and 5. Very similar because God is repeating himself and he's setting a pattern and an expectation for his servants that those that serve the Lord and represent the Lord must be holy vessels. They must be vessels that are separated from the false but are devoted. Exodus 3 and 5, and here's Moses and the bush is burning and he's hearing something, he's drawing near, and all of a sudden the voice says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. God reminds his people that we call upon a God that is holy. We pray in a name that is holy. We represent him was holy, holy, holy. And though Joshua is in enemy territory, he's scouting out, he's in heathen territory, yet because God is there, he's standing on holy ground. Now we're just going to shorten this point and summarize it. We, we expanded it a couple of sermons ago with sanctification. Here's our lesson. When we walk with the Lord, when we're in God's will and he's leading us, then we're on holy ground and are expected to act accordingly. In the natural, that wasn't so much holy ground. It was heathen ground. It's outside Jericho. They're worshiping moon gods and everything else. But when God chose holy ground, if God walks with us, everywhere we have temples of the Holy Spirit, holy ground. That's why there's not one code here and then another code at work. There's not one code when we're, you know, hooting and hollering, and then another code when we're at Walmart. Wherever we go, holy ground. Wherever we, and we have to recognize that and act accordingly. Oh, my. If we desire to live a victorious Christian life, being led of the Lord and enjoying the blessings, the smile, the approval of the Lord, then we have to remember we cannot forget the one that we call on. Represent the one we look to is holy. And he demands his servants be holy in all they do. There's no other way around walking with God, folks. We can't ignore this basic Bible truth and avoid this responsibility as an ambassador or a son of Jesus, a son of God. I remember that story of the man. He was filling out um, a job application. And he got to that question that says, have you been arrested? Ever been arrested? Well, he answered no. You know, the next question is why? And that's there in case you have been arrested so you can explain the circumstances. The guy answered, again, he, he, was, he wasn't too bright, but he was honest at least. Amen? And he answered, because I never got caught. Never got caught. You know, some people going through life thinking and hoping they're never going to get caught. I got news for somebody. It's too late. God sees, God knows, 
and you can hide nothing from him, so just lay it down. Make a real surrender and start walking in the blessing God has. You'll never out-debate God. You can't out-endure God. The only thing if you want God's blessing you can do is submit to God and say yes to God and fall flat before the Lord and lake off the sandals. Take off whatever is between you and the will of God. Lay down anything that's hindering you and the voice of God. Lay it down and let Him lift you up. Oh, my. Four discoveries Joshua made that night. Four discoveries he made in that private encounter with God. Four things he needed to know and four things God wants every one of us to know before the battle even begins. Joshua discovered that he, he, he was not alone, and neither are you. That's one thing when we meet with God and we have a quiet time and a private time and open up that book, we are reassured once again, God's talking to me. God has time for me. God allows me to pour out my heart to him all by myself. He gives me undivided attention. And then as I look to the word, he speaks to my heart. And he reminds me of his grace and his love and his kindness and his faithfulness and care towards me. Oh, it's a good thing to remember. We're not alone. But sometimes situations and circumstances can make us feel like we're alone. And what we see in the natural makes our natural perceptions think we're all alone. But God says, you're never alone. You're never alone. I'm with you. I'm with you. Never leave you nor forsake me. But that reminds us that we're second in command. And that's a good thing. Because this problem might be overwhelming for me, but it's not for God. The walls of Jericho might be too big and too bad for me to knock down, but I serve a God that knows no limits and has no boundaries, and I freely come under that yoke, and I find rest, and I find victory, because I know the Lord is going to take good care of me. I can't forget that He's a a holy God. I don't want to be throwing any kinks in the hose. I don't want to be letting anything in. That's quenching the spirit or grieving the spirit. I've got to recognize that the God I serve is a holy God. He wants a holy people. Well, then last but not least, Joshua discovered the battle. It was already won. Look at the sixth chapter. Let's read verses 1 and 2. The Bible says here that now Jericho was tightly shut up. No one went out. No one came in. And the Lord says to Joshua, see, take a look, Joshua. I have, notice the word have, not I shall. I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. You see, the great heroes of the faith always understood the battles the Lord's. And the Lord fights for his people. The Lord fights for you. When Joshua met the Lord, he discovered the battle was God's and the Lord had already granted the victory. All Joshua had to do, and we're going to see this later in that sixth chapter, is hear the voice of the Lord. Follow the instructions of the Lord. Believe the promise of the Lord. And the walls that stood in his way would come tumbling down. The victory has already been wrought. I love that 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're not looking for it. He's already won the battle on Calvary. Rose from the dead. We walk in the victory. by how? Submitting to him. Hearing him. Walking in obedience. And as we do our part, God goes before us and works out His good plan for our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's close this with this. The encounter of the commanders. The importance of our private time with God. To prepare us and position us for public ministry, 
for a public battle, for our public duty and devotion to God. What we do in private will determine how we perform in public. That's why these private times are so important. And they're times of reestablishing my surrender. But they're also times of being reassured of my preciousness, if I can use that word. Because when you read that book, it can't help but get you happy and comforted when you read how God loves you, God cares for you, and all that God's done for you. And it's in that private time. You get prepared in private. David got prepared in private. And then he could go out in public and take on Goliath and lions and bears. Jesus, always up a long while before day, seeking the Father, the Son of God. You think he just walk out, i got to be anointing. No, he knows i got to wait on the Father. I've got to get alone in private. I've got to get direction for the day. I've got to renew my strength for the day. Amen? I've got to find out maybe there's something the Father wants to show me that I need to lay down. You know, sometimes we lay things down, but then we pick things. How many, anybody? I'm not the only one, I hope. And, and sometimes the Lord reminds me in that private place, you know, you laid that attitude down pretty good five years ago. It's been creeping up these last six months. And son, I think you need to, oh, Lord. And if anyone else would have said it, I would have said, don't judge me. But the Lord's the judge. He can judge me all he wants. Amen. And when he says it, I can't say you don't know what you're talking about, Lord. He's the only one that does. I don't even know what I'm talking about when it comes to judging my own heart. Ain't that true? That heart's deceptive. Even we kind of sometimes, but the Lord, I lay it back down again. The private time, the private time. And these four things God wants us to know and never forget. Before the battle even begins. So you can face it with confidence. So you can walk out with assurance. It's in the bag. You're in God's hands. He's going to work all things together for the good. Amen? Amen. We're going to close our service. We'll pray our final prayer, sing our final song. If um, you're here today and you have not fallen down and made a real surrender to the Lord Jesus, you need to do so. You need to say, Lord, I'm tired of spinning my wheel. I'm tired of this frustration. There's things in my life you've been putting your hand on and I'm ignoring you. I'm doing all this, nana, nana. But Lord, you, you just, I need to make a fresh surrender today and say, Jesus, I confess I'm just second in command. You're in charge. And however you want me to do things, however you want me to live, I'm going to obey you and submit to you. You haven't done that. You need to do that. And the sooner you do that, You position yourself for that flow of the grace and the kindness and the mercy of God. Listen, the will of God is set. He wants to bless His people. There's no doubt about it. He wants to bless you. There's no doubt about it. He's able. God is able. He can transform any life. He can work in any situation. He's able. Our part is to make sure we've submitted and surrendered so He can have is free working in and through our lives. So if you haven't surrendered, you need to do that. But secondly, if you're just here today and you just need prayer, maybe you need to have oil anointing and people believe in God for your healing. Well, Jesus is here today and he will touch you and he'll begin to mend you as we speak. Stand with me, please, as we pray our prayer. Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful story from the book of Joshua. This private encounter where the commander of your army met the real commander of your army. And we learn from this. We learn from this divine story, this sacred story. We learn insights 
we receive instruction on how we can live and walk in the victory. Let us, Lord, remember and apply these lessons to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to stay firm and faithful in our private time with you. The place where we make that fresh altar and love you and honor you and thank you. That, that, that place where we present our needs at your feet, but then we open your word and let you speak to our hearts, encouraging us and, and um, directing us and guiding us. Father, I thank you that the victory, it's already been won through the cross of Calvary. I thank you that Jesus has gone before us. He took our place, died, rose again. And he gives us the victory as we walk in obedience and we walk by faith. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this altar time. You know every need, you know every circumstance, oh God. Father, I pray for those that might be battling with something in their lives. Oh, God, let this be a time where that burden rolls off. Let this be a time where that confusion just begins to disappear in the name of Jesus. And clarity comes to that vision. Where divine peace and rest are imparted to that heart. Will there be a confidence and a calm to walk forward knowing and trusting and believing that you will work your good work. Now, Father, as we come to this altar, breathe your breath of life upon us. Stretch forth your hand to heal the hurting, to refresh the weary. And now, O oh Lord, receive our praise as we love you and adore you and give you the honor and the glory that you are worthy of. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, If you need prayer, come quickly. If you need to lay down and say, God, I make a fresh altar, I'll surrender. Do it now. Do it now. And let God work his good work in you.